forgiving God of David. My soul, bless the Lord, and all is within me. Bless his holy name. My soul, bless the Lord, and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like an eagle. This is the word of the Lord. But if we haven't met yet, my name is Johnny. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, how many have been able to, like, scathe this holiday season without getting sick? Anybody? Like, uh, it's coming. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, it just seemed like everybody I talked to, uh, there's hand sanitizer that you can bathe yourself with as you leave. Um, but, hey, uh, luckily, uh, you know, our family, we've had three out of five, you know, get sick this week. Um, but we're recovering. All things are good. But, uh, and it's weird. This is just a weird time, you know. Um, you know, like the Browns are good. And the Buckeyes are not. Uh, and so, I don't know what happened there. Anyways, but as Phil said, it is New Year's Eve, and it's, I guess, one, two, three day, which is a, way, a thing. If you, some of you will get it later. Uh, but it's uh, one, two, three, one, two, three. Get it, 12, 31, 23, I don't know. I don't know if that has any significance, but we are gearing up. We're hours away from 2024. How many are excited for 2024? Are we excited? Yeah. You know, we got the Olympics coming up. Any Olympics fans? One. All right. We have one person. Yes. Uh, And we have elections. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That was great. I'll just move on. We'll just keep going. Hey, we are going to do something a little different this morning. Uh, right next to your uh, communion when you came in is a little handout, a little half sheet paper. All right? So if you, if you want to grab these, if you didn't grab those, we're going to uh, do some things. Or if you brought a journal, uh, we'll do that. It'd be great. If I get boring, you know, you can play tic-tac-toe or uh, the hangman, you know, do something like that if I get boring. But anyway, we're going to do some, uh, just a reflective exercise as we go through uh, just kind of an end-of-year kind of reflection. Often I find this is a great time just to, to kind of pause, to reflect, to, to kind of look back on the year, uh, and I think the end of the year is a great time for that. Uh, I'm going to share this quote from uh, Socrates. If you're familiar with Socrates, he was a, a famous philosopher, Greek philosopher, but he said this. He said, the unexamined life is not worth living. And I think that's a, just appropriate thing to think about, that, that often this idea of of examining our lives, examining just the path our lives are on is, is actually really important. It's, it's a great way to, to reflect and, and think through our lives because uh, here's, here's uh, two options I, I feel like we, we naturally gravitate towards is on one end, uh, we can kind of just drift through life. Do you guys know some people who just kind of drift through life? It's, it's just, uh, you know, I'm just going to keep, I guess, doing, you know, the things you know, I'm just going to, you know, go to work, uh, maybe plan a vacation, and, you know, I'm just going to do that until, like, for, like, 30 years, and I guess I'll retire, and then I'll do some more fun stuff, and then I'll die. You know, like, they, like you know, they're just kind of drifting through, they just kind of drift through life, and they just kind of let life kind of come at them, and I'll just, I'll just react to all the different things uh, that have, that happen in life. And I think naturally, especially as we get older, we can just naturally drift, uh, just just through life. 
Um, and we just we live with maybe a lack of purpose or meaning or even dreams that we feel like our lives are moving in some sort of direction. And on the other hand, like uh, especially maybe in our younger years, is we go full on, especially this time, like resolution mode. All right, it's, it's like all about, uh, you know, thinking about all the things we can be better at. And so we begin evaluating our life and like, all right, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to this year, I'm going to make all these changes. And, and, and so we go through the, the resolution mode, which I'm not against resolutions. Don't hear me wrong. But this is typically the cycle. Uh, and maybe you, this has been my cycle. I'll make fun of myself. But this is, this is how it tends to go is we get some sort of inspiration of, of something in our life, a deficiency in our life, or something we want to do. And uh, so we get this big inspiration, and we have this big audacious goal. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this big thing, and then we immediately buy stuff in order to, like, try to get that, you know, goal and started. So, you know, we get some inspiration. You know, maybe our pants are feeling a little tighter because, you know, we've been eating for, you know, two months uh, between Thanksgiving and that sort of thing. And we get some inspiration or, you know, I don't know about your house, but like post Christmas is like bombs going off in every room, and it's like we are decluttering. We're going. Uh, we're going to get organized and get tubs and buy a bunch of tubs and just tubs everywhere. Uh, put everything in tubs so I don't have to see the clutter. Uh, anybody like just there's tubs everywhere. Um, and so you get this inspiration, and we, we tend to overestimate what we accomplish, and then we go into the trying phase where we try. You know, making changes is hard, and so we try it, and we get tired, and it gets hard, and then we start failing, we start not doing it, and I don't know, if you, I'm more of a perfectionist, so if I, don't, if I can't accomplish it perfectly, then that's just like, all right, I'm, I, forget it. And then it's February 1st, and then we just continue on with our life, right? This is, this is what happened on this side. Uh, for about 92% of people. So we either drift or we go to resolution mode, and this is kind of how we do life. And, um, you know, all these things, I guess, necessarily aren't bad, but is there a better way to think about the upcoming year? Is there a better way to look forward to the future, to 2024, to, to actually enter into 2024 with, with hope? that actually things can change in our life and we can be transformed and we as followers of Jesus can become more like him and we experience more of the freedom and uh, the goodness that he has for our life. And so we're gonna talk a little bit about that both, uh, again, like Phil said, it's kind of half sermon, but actually we're gonna put some things together. So uh, Ricky read for us Psalm 103. I don't know if that was my mistake, it could have been. Um, but Psalm 103, uh, of this, of the psalmist of David shows us a little bit about how we can enter a new season of hope. And so what, at the beginning of it, with the first two verses, you know, David says this, he, he talks about his soul, and he describes his soul as, it's all, all the things that is within me, and it, he's, he, it's this re repetition to say to bless the Lord, to bless his holy name, to bless the Lord. And so we see these two things that are happening. It's this idea of blessing, and then he says this other thing, do not forget all his benefits. And so we're going to talk about this morning as part of before we go into resolution mode or just kind of drift, I think it's an important part to, to do these two things, to remember and to worship, to take time to do these two things. Because these two things, are, I think, are essential if we're going to enter and look towards the future with hope. All right, so first, uh, we're going to, because here's, here's the deal. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, just, just different situations in your life and different things that are happening. Uh, here's the thing. I think remembering and worshiping are always the things you can do. 
no matter what season you're going through in life. Some of you, I know, uh, I look around the room, you've gone through some difficult seasons. Maybe 2023 year has been the hardest year of your life. Maybe. And, uh, but here's the thing. We always get to choose what we remember and what we worship. And we get to lead ourselves, and we actually can tell ourselves in these areas, I'm going to choose to do this. And I'm not going to let circumstances or maybe even my emotions or certain things, I can choose to remember and I can choose to worship when I worship. And so I think that's important for us. No matter what season you're in, I, I, I know it may be difficult to choose those two things, but I think it's an, an important part because you have this agency in you that nothing can take you away to do those two, th- two sort of things. And so first to remember, uh, I want to talk through that a little bit before we move on. Uh, we, Phil, when he, we, when he did the uh, you know, communion, I instructed him to read the part about examining. And because at the end of the year, it's part of this idea is to examine. And, and I think, Tim, I don't know about you, but when I, when I think of this word examine, to examine ourselves, uh, and you can show of hands, how many often when we do that, we think of just all the bad things we did? Like, right? We need to, we need to examine ourselves in such a way. We need to bring to light all the bad things that we, we did. Uh, actually, the Greek word it has a different connotation. Uh, it has a different way of looking at it. It actually is, it means to kind of put to the test if, if you're like an engineer, it's like you're, you're putting something to the test, not to see what is bad, but actually to, bring, to reveal what is good, to demonstrate what is good. It, uh, one even lexicon says it does not focus on disproving something to show it's bad. It's actually to reveal or demonstrate what is good. So part of this examining, even remembering, is to be able to bring to light the surface of what is good to set aside what is bad. You guys feeling me? It's to, to bring about what is good, to remember the good things. And, that, and also, there's, there's a part we play in the bad things and repenting and, and uh, asking for forgiveness. But a part of this remembering is bringing to the good things. And this is what the psalmist is saying. Do not forget all his benefits. And I'm going to read these again. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. And what I noticed as I was just preparing for this, these are all things, it doesn't say past tense. These are all present tense, ongoing things that he does. These are all the benefits of God. He forgives He heals, he redeems, he crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you. Here are all the good things. And we need to take time before, especially I think this is a good year, a good time to do it, is to remember all the benefits and all the good things that God has. And so that often should should lead to then to worship. Because remembering should lead us to worship. And then worship should actually lead us to hope. I like this quote from uh, Pete Gregg. If you're familiar with Pete Gregg, uh, he's the founder of the 24-7 prayer movement. I've talked about his little um, app called Lectio 365, but he's quoted as saying this, remembrance with its accompanying sacrament, which is what we did with communion, remembrance is the single most powerful tool available to the people of, uh, to the people of God by which we find joy in the past, but also hope for the future. So there's this idea that, that remembering should lead to worship, then worship leads to hope. And this is what we see. This is part of, of how we get hope is, and hope for the new year is to both to remember and to worship. 
And again, this is, this is how the framework of how the early church would have, have saw the different sufferings or the persecution they experienced, as, as especially in those times, uh, it would it'd be easy not to have hope with all the different things that were coming at him. But, but Paul in Romans 5 would say this, we can, we can rejoice or we can worship, we can choose to worship despite this. Two, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. I don't really like the beginning part of this verse, but it ends with the good news that in the midst of problems and trials and suffering, we can choose to worship because it's in worship that will lead to hope, and this hope will not disappoint. I'm gonna say it again. Remembering leads to worship, and worship leads to hope. Because here's what I think happens. Like in resolution mode, right, our gaze and our focus is on us. It's on our capacity, our ability to do what we can do and strengthen our own abilities. But when we, when we, when we remember and we worship, we're turning our gaze onto God. We, we're looking to God. And so what I want to do is I want to take a, a moment in your little reflection uh, paper that says remember. And I'm going to give you f- uh, about three minutes uh, just to reflect and remember with God. And so uh, I put this on the screen. Just a few questions uh, for you to ponder in these next uh, few minutes um, is how have you experienced the benefits of God? If you want to use, you can all do within the context of 2023 or if you need to go beyond it doesn't say you have to just only think about 2023, but just begin thinking about how you've experienced the benefits of God. How have you seen God show up? Even in the hard times, the sufferings, the, the difficulties that you've had to navigate through life, who were the helpers? Who were the people that came alongside of you? I'm gonna start, I'm gonna go on to next, this next part, we'll do one more section. Um, but I, uh, it's, it's this little story out of John 5. Uh, if if you're familiar with the story, it's, it's the guy um, who's by the, by the pool of Bethsaida. Uh, so Jesus is, is doing some traveling. He, he arrives in Jerusalem, and um, he, he goes to this part within the, within the walls of Jerusalem. And uh, there was this natural spring that was there. They developed this pool, and um, uh, they had like five different porches. And what it ended up becoming was the scriptures tell us that uh, this became like an ER room for the paralyzed, the lame, the disabled, the blind. This is where they would kind of hang out because the hope that they had was at some point there'd be a disturbance in the waters and whoever was the first person uh, to enter into the waters would be healed of whatever um, ailment that they had, that, that they believed that an angel would touch the water and that's how they would get healed. So Jesus actually goes to this place and encounters this guy who who's been here for 38 years. Just, just, I know we sometimes, but just imagine that. 38 years, being in this place, just hoping that, that something would change. And then we find out in this story that this guy ends up basically lose all hope because he doesn't have anybody that can put him into the pool. And we encounter that Jesus then goes up to him and, and he says, do you want to get well? Which is like, come on, Jesus. Why would you say that? That's like almost cruel. But he, he gets to the heart of this guy, of his heart desires, of what, what do you want for yourself? And yet in the midst of that, the guy this, then explains that he doesn't have anybody to get him into the pool because, again, that was where his hope was. 
The hope was if I can just get into the pool, if I can just be the first one, maybe my life can change. But we see as Jesus reveals himself of, oh, I have so much, so much better than this pool. <laughs> you know, uh, it's right in front of you. And he, at, he tells the guy, hey, pick up your mat and walk. And the guy does, and he's healed. And I, I don't know if you've ever, uh, if you like, uh, uh, if you're familiar with the Chosen series, I think they do a beautiful um, portrait of this scene. It's one of my favorite, actually, scenes in all of the Chosen. And so if, just do that, that's fine. But um, afterwards, uh, you know, see, if Jesus would have done this, like, on a Monday afternoon, like, it would have been really cool. People would have celebrated. You know, it would have been awesome. But, you know, Jesus did it on a Saturday, which was not a great day to do healing, I guess. Um, because some of the religious leaders, they got their undies in a bunch over this, that this is work, you know? And, and so, in and, and John 5, it says this, that uh, in verse 16, that because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at work to this very day, and I am too working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. My hope in even doing this remembrance exercise and remembering the certain things and bringing to light all the good things is I want you to be aware that God is at work. That God is always at work. This is one of our key passages of the vineyard. If you would take certain passages uh, out of the scripture, and, and if we think about not just for us as Lancaster Vineyard, but Vineyard USA, is this is just one of these core passages that make Vineyard Vineyard, is this idea that my father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. So meaning, if you looked at some reflection and you looked at some certain things, you would hopefully see God at work in your life, even in the midst of the hard things. Which means for 2024 and the future that, guess what? God's going to be at work. God's going to be at work in your life. And so with hope, then we can notice and then respond to the activity that God is doing both in our life and in the people around us. See, the Jews, they were focused on the rules of God rather than the activity of God. They got distracted. I think sometimes we can, even in this season, we, we, can, we can focus on ourselves and maybe our deficiencies or the things we want to change, and we miss the activity God has for us in our life. See, God is always at work. He's not just at work on Sunday mornings. He's not just at work in our special times, but God is always at work in, in wooing us and, and, and inviting us to more of the life he offers and one of the, the great privileges I've had these last two years is working with a spiritual director. Now, I know maybe in our context, uh, you may have zero idea what that is. That just seems like a spiritual director, or I don't know, that, that, that may seem a little different. But this is a guy who's uh, somebody who is a spiritual director, is a, a woman or a man who's trained in the, uh, in the ability just to, to draw out uh, what people are doing in their people's life and help them notice and recognize the work of God that God's doing in their life. And so through being a series of, of questions and some certain things, uh, we can begin to then notice the things God is doing in our life and then joining him um, in it. And so one of the things that has been super beneficial for me and I know for Phil and some of the other pastors is through this practice of spiritual direction is to really help notice what God is doing and begin naming and saying those things of 
this is what I think God's doing in my life and how I can join him. Because here's the, do- here's the deal. In a, in a New Year's resolution kind of mindset, it's, it's, look, it's inward focused, it's looking at some things like this, but, but when we do it this way, is what we're doing is we have a different gaze and we have a different focus. When we remember and worship, our gaze is at God and remembering him, but then we, we, we begin to recognize and look for the activity of God in our life, all we get to do is just join him in him and what he wants to do. It takes the pressure off of us of like, this is what I have to do for God, but this is what I get to do with God. You guys follow me? You guys with me a little bit? And so some of these things is just looking for the activity of God, the invitations of God, and then jumping into them. This is actually how we pray for people, is when we pray for each other, whether it's through healing or different things, is we're just trying to join in what God's doing and bless what he's doing in your life and praying into that rather than what we think's best for your life. And so that's often why we wait for the Holy Spirit, just to say, okay, we wanna join in the activity of God. And so here's the thing, as I look around, I want you to all understand this, that God is at work in your life. I wanna just sink it in a little bit, because I think our tendency, even when we don't feel it, God is at work in your life. God is at work in your life. He's wooing you, he's inviting you, he's, he's, He's wooing you and drawing you in because God is always at work. And Jesus said, and I'm always working too. Here's my only homework uh, for you this week um, is just uh, take, take some time to find somebody, uh, a friend or somebody, and just share and reflect on what you sense God's doing. Uh, just share maybe some of the invitations you sense from God of what he's doing in your life and, and just share that with somebody. Um, I know that may be a vulnerable thing, Say, but this is what I sense God's doing because, again, I think one of these things is participating in the, in the adventures God has for us and the things God has for us um, is, is to, to be done in community, uh, in fellowship.